All right, welcome back. Um, I would have entrance music, opening music for this, but the the lovely band, the Dead Deads, hasn't got it done yet, which is absolutely fine because honestly, uh, their tour was kind of brutal. Um, <clears throat> I'm just glad Meta's voice is okay and she's home with her lovely family and everything's good for her, and of course for Daisy and Dolly and uh, Katie Heron as well, who's um, uh, yeah. McQueen, McQueen dead, there you go see, you get used to certain and then they replace one and then you're like, oh wait that what's the other one, right, yeah, that's what it is um, so we're we're getting close to preseason and I know it doesn't feel like it because we're in that that desert of summer, right and yet we're close we're, we're tantalizingly close to preseason and you can tell because we're starting to hear about guys who aren't going to play like Zetterberg, that it's kind of confirmed not really, but yeah, it's kind of confirmed and other guys as well, we're going to start hearing about. Uh, there's uh, Yannick Hansen signing in the KHL. Um, also, Christopher Stieg signed in the KHL this week as well. So veteran players that understand they're not going to get the contract offers that they want are going over to the KHL because you're better off making, you know, however much you're going to make in the KHL rather than take an AHL deal or a tryout and maybe not make the team and and I'm making 50, 60 grand in the American League. Eh, give the KHL a shot. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it, it, it makes total sense to me that the guys go over there and give that a shot. And I know I've been criticized in the past for things I've said about the league. Hey, I, I certainly see different levels of, of corruption in the league. And I understand that you're going to have that with big business. I think what we've seen in the news lately has been that, you know, big businesses, there's definitely a lot of corruption that goes on there. Uh, the the one percenters, your big business people, are going to do everything they can to maintain their share of the pie, which is almost all of it. And that's going to happen everywhere. It's varying levels. But I I wish all those guys the best who've gone overseas. And, you know, some of them are going to do very well over there. Uh, as long as you're uh, good at playing the European style, which is your, your excessive passing and your fantastic skating, I think you're good. Um Again, some guys that excel in the KHL aren't, you know, necessarily made for the NHL. I think a Nigel Nigel Dawes is a good example of that. Uh, anyways, um, I also wanted to discuss, you know, name name pronunciations. Now, I did the video yesterday on uh, Alexi Lafreniere, and you heard how I said it, right? Yeah, and I watched a French video package before that highlight package, which was all from Ramuski, and they were all saying Lafreniere, and I thought, you know what? I'll pronounce it the way that they say it on the Ramuski broadcast, which is Lafreniere. People are like, are you pronouncing it wrong? And Brizgolov. Well, it's always Brizgolov as far as I was concerned, and I didn't really care. Part of what happens, too, is that, you know, people say, oh, you're pronouncing this or that or this or that wrong. When when you've pronounced it wrong for years, and this is where I feel bad for Don Cherry as well, you've pronounced it wrong for years, it's hard to get Bieksa out of there. And, you know, I always said Biaxa, but I always got a kick out of it. And I, you know, yesterday I made a comment like, you know what, I'm not going to correct pronunciations anymore. And I'm, I am kind of over it because <clears throat> it's on almost every video. And it drives me nuts because I may have a point in a video and then somebody will, will focus on, oh, he said X name wrong. And I'm like, wait, I did a video. I did a lot of setup for this. It, it was, I, I did, you know, maybe I stayed up till 1230 at night to set this up for the morning. And that's what you got out of it, that I thought it was Vlad Kozlov, not Vyacheslav. And even though, yes, Slava Kozlov, I knew it was Slava. It, 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 
like it just it it's one of those things that just it it kind of irks me only because you know and and every now and then I'll see the accusation like oh Shannon's lazy he doesn't put in all the work on these videos you know there's it's just he's just writing down numbers um yeah I've watched TSN and Sportsnet and they kind of do the same thing except they have a whole graphics department and you just go to the graphics bar and go hey can you get us this yeah we can get you that I need top 20 scorers last year you got it pal and they just go out and ta-da and they didn't they didn't do it I mean and and again I'm not slagging TSN or Sportsnet that's how the industry works but the hockey guy channel is kind of an industry of of one um because i set up the board i i throw all the magnets on and and i do that and i have i have three boards i got a new board again last week because the one that i had with the wooden frame broke it was just so sad that it broke i broke when we went to i remember i'd had it in the van i'm trying to remember where i took it and it broke i'm i'm thinking when we went to seattle but for some reason that's that's what I'm thinking it was, but yeah, so I had to get another board, because I have to have four, I have to have three big ones, so I could set up three videos the night before, and then I have to have a small one, now on one of the big boards, I've got all of the first number one draft picks ever in the history of the NHL, from 1963 till now, and I put them all on the board, and I looked at the board, and I went, this, uh, this doesn't prove anything, nope, and, you know, because I've, I've done the history videos and I've talked about how in the 60s and the early 70s, draft, the draft wasn't seen as important by everybody. And once it was seen as important by everybody, it seems like drafting got better and, and your, your draft picks got better because your scouting got better. But when you're looking at just the number one pick, you're generally looking at a guy who's agreed as a, uh, basically being the cream of the crop. So, again, once you get past Guy Lafleur and Joel Perot. And people realize that Gilbert Perot and, and, and Guy Lafleur were amazing. Then there's more attention paid to the draft. <coughs> Remember, by the time I'm watching hockey, which is 1981, uh, you're you're looking at a draft process that's already been in place for almost 20 years, and the number one draft pick everybody agrees is kind of an important thing. So yeah, so that's that's sort of one of those rambling sort of things. And, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about the fact that, that Zetterberg's not going to play. And, again, I go back to the fact that I have Montreal 5th in the division, Detroit 6th, Buffalo 7th, and Ottawa 8th. There's always going to be things that happen. Um, and I know that sounds really, really general and really, really pathetic. Let me, let me, let me expand on that. There's always going to be injuries. There's always going to be trades in, trades out. Um I, I'm I'm okay with my predictions for where they are. Can Buffalo finish higher? Absolutely, uh, but I still think that Detroit is going to have somewhat of a bounce back season. Now, last year they had 73 points. The year before they had 79. Um, I, I I could see them finishing as high as 82. Do I think Buffalo finishes 500? That's really going to depend on their goaltending. Uh, Carter Hutton last year had this amazing, fantastic season, but he only played a limited number of games. Now, if Buffalo's going to split time between him and Olmark, okay, but Olmark's never spent an entire season in the NHL either. And Hutton isn't playing behind St. Louis's defense now. He'll be playing behind Buffalo's. And even with this this wonderkin Darlene coming in, uh, even with him coming in, it's, it's not a, a slam dunk that he's going to be fantastic out of the gate. 
and that a Buffalo blue line that was lacking last year, there's no guarantee it's going to be a whole lot better right away. It may be down the road. And then, like, you know, Sabres fans are like, what about Brandon Gooley? Well, Gooley hasn't played enough at the NHL level for me to say, oh, he's going to be fantastic. Yes, very solid in the AHL. He looked good in a call-up this past season. But until I see a full season at the NHL level, I I always reserve judgment with defensemen because I've been burned too many times. There have been too many times where defensemen will come up, play a 10 or 12 game uh, uh, stint, and then they get sent back to the minors. I'm like, man, that kid's going to be fantastic. They come up the following season, they have a regular spot in the top six, and they just don't have it for a full season. So again, there, there's too many uncertainties with Buffalo for me to qualify them as being a playoff contender now. However, they're on the road. They're on the right road, and they're headed in the right direction. They don't need Jack Hughes, so they're not in that conversation. You can look at, say, Detroit needs Jack Hughes. Ottawa could certainly use a Jack Hughes. Vancouver, Montreal. But I, I don't look at Buffalo and say, oh, well, you know, if they could add Jack Hughes. Yeah, it would be great, but at the same time, it's a disaster because it means they didn't make any inroads this year towards a playoff position, or they won the lottery when they shouldn't have, which would be kind of funny. That would be humorous if Buffalo won a lottery when they finished, say, two spots out of the playoffs, whereas they lose a lottery when they have the best chances of winning it. But it's it's a lottery for a reason. I, I don't anticipate there being a whole lot of signings from here or, or moves from here. I think if I honestly think if Carlson was going to get moved, I, I really think it would have happened by now. And sure, people are going to say, oh, well, see, you just made a Carlson trade happen. But it was supposed to happen when I did the Ottawa season preview, too. Uh, and and it, it did work out that way. And then when I talked about, oh, Carlson's not going to get moved, people were like, oh, see, you just, you just made it so Carlson's going to get traded. I think we would all enjoy seeing that trade, seeing what happens. But again, what Ottawa wants, if it's just Carlson, is going to be a mint. Now, if they're throwing in Bobby Ryan... Uh, I, I again, I might as well discuss this on the podcast because I'm not sure if I have or not. If you add Bobby Ryan, so you've got Eric Carlson, who is we can all agree at his best, the best defenseman in the league. Uh, this past season, I think he had a bit of a down year, and you know for that reason, I dropped him down when I ranked the best defenseman in the NHL, which made a lot of people upset, which is fine, but. You know, based on last year, I still stand by him being, I think, item seventh. And I'm, I'm fine with that. If if he comes into camp healthy this year and if he's motivated and if he's the kind of Carlson that's yelling and screaming at his teammates all the time, he'll be first. He'll be number one next year at this time. The The thing is, I, I'm, I'm wondering what his motivation is, and this is where it gets tricky for Ottawa. They didn't get him traded yet. Now, if they trade him... And he during the season, and he's not having a fantastic year because he doesn't want to be in Ottawa. <clears throat> you're you're going to have a problem because his value is going to drop because he's already a rental. So now you're now you got a team trying to negotiate with him, or do you allow them to like how does? And then if you add Bobby Ryan, you destroy your return on Eric Carlson. You just annihilate it. It's it it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like. I'm trying to think of another example of of how that would work, um, and I'm trying to think in like real you know real life if you're buying a, a Mustang or a Ferrari or some really nice sports car, how would you kill that deal? Um, and and 
you know, instead of getting a hundred grand for your beautiful, wonderful car, you get like maybe a thousand dollars because they have to take something else. Oh, here it is. So, uh, the best example I can think of, and I know this is just off the top of my head would be you're selling your beautiful, fantastic car and it's, it's worth a worth, worth a ton of money. And people are like, Oh, we'll pay for that. Okay. But if you take the car, you have to take my house. Uh, it's falling apart. Uh, and it, I'm, I'm, thousands and thousands and thousands in debt on on the uh the mortgage and the roof needs to be replaced and uh here you go now how much are you going to give me well since you're in debt on the house if we have to take the house with the car i really don't want i don't know five hundred dollars i'm not i don't want to do that and then done sold bam see so they should flip ryan for a loss Find somebody to take the Bobby Ryan contract. If it's that important to Eugene Melnick, take the loss there. Just make sure you hit the home run with the Carlson trade. And I, I think Montreal with Pacioretty is in a very similar position, uh, although they're in an awkward position too. Wasn't it like a golf tournament that, that Pacioretty was having, and I think it was for charity and Senators, or Senators, sorry, other other tire fire. Montreal management was like, well, we're not going this year, and then they realized what a PR disaster that would be, so they went. That that sort of encapsulates just how how mismanaged things have been in Montreal, and and it it it's it's painful. But they need to get the Pacioretty thing done. I don't know what exactly the value is for Pacioretty. It depends. Is he still a thirty goal scorer? I think he is. But do other GMs think he is? Other GMs going to look at his totals from last year and say, well, he had a couple of dry spells there. I I think that drops his value. See, when you're dealing with trading for a player is going to be a UFA next summer. So let's just say you're Tampa. And let's let's pretend that Tampa has enough cap space to sign Carlson as a free agent next July. July 1st, they can put in a big big money offer. And casually, Nikita Kucherov meets up with Carlson or, or maybe Anton Strahlman meets up with him at a, at a Tim Hortons. Hey, what's up, Eric? Uh, you interested in playing for Tampa? Mm, sure. Now, it's tampering, but if it's just casual conversation, who knew? So you go back to Eisman and you go, I didn't tamper, but I talked to Carlson. And while not tampering, he said he might be interested in playing here next summer. Carlson goes, or Eisman thinks, okay, great. So I've already got an in. Maybe we can wait till next summer to get Carlson. Maybe we don't need to worry about it. You know, and, and, and maybe maybe we could just wait on this. Yes, maybe he gets traded science somewhere else and signs an extension somewhere else. And and that would suck for us, but you know, maybe we can wait this out in July first. I don't have to give up anything to get Carlson. It's the whole thing with the rental market. It's like it's like you're having a garage sale and you have two options. You sell it or you throw it away. And some GMs are perfectly fine to have that garage sale, that, that rental market, and go, well, we'd rather get nothing than get what you're offering for our, for our asset. I've, I've admired the, the, the courage that takes, and yet I've, I've admonished uh, teams I cheer for for doing that in the past, for having players they clearly aren't going to re-sign. They're not going to end up being key guys going forward. And for whatever reason... Oh, look, he didn't get moved at the deadline. Awesome. Now, if a player says, I've got a no movement, no trade clause, I'm not going anywhere, totally fine with that. That's when I come back on the GM. That's when I come back on the guy that signed the contract and say, hey, you sign him to that no movement, no trade clause. That's you. That's on you. Own it. 
Um, and it's it's tricky because, you know, as a hockey fan, I want to see trades at the trade deadline. But when that happens, I'm I'm like grudgingly okay with it. And I have a funny feeling this year's trade deadline could be kind of a dud. Because a lot of next year's UFAs, like Carlson, Pacioretty, Panarin, we're already talking about trades happening now. So either the trade deadline's going to be a dud, or we're going to be talking about these guys from now, end of August, until March. Which means if there's no trade between now and then, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I do my best when I do videos to avoid speculation. And if people say, you know what? Go ahead and do it. It'll get you more hits. It'll get you more traffic, and it'll help. You know, it'll pick up subscribers at a time of year when nobody's talking hockey. <clears throat> True, but you know, I I don't like to do it. I really don't like to do it because it's just pure speculation, and then it 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 feels like clickbait. Even if, you know, I have a thumbnail of Carlson and, and what would Carlson be worth as the title, it still feels like clickbait. And then at the end of the day, when, when he does get dealt or he gets re-signed with Ottawa and this talk all goes away, whatever happens, people are still going to come back at that video and go, well, you know, you were wrong, or whatever. And and it's, it's not a matter of, of that as much as uh, when I do content... Either I want to do your your game day content, which for people who are new to the channel and didn't follow it during the regular season, yeah, day, day preview videos can be torturous. Um, I actually, um, I'll, well, I'll come back to that. But the other the other videos I do during the summer, I try to make sure it's evergreen. Evergreen meaning, uh, like for the history videos and all the other videos, you can come back and watch them later. Uh, people can can just subscribe and and watch those videos anytime they want. Uh, when the history videos are done five years from now, people will still come back and, and watch those videos because they, they age properly. Uh, whereas game day videos don't. The stuff I do during the season, they're all quick hits, and they get all kinds of views in 24 hours, and then they're dead. They are gone, and they are dead. Uh, and this this upcoming season, <coughs> I'm, I floated the idea of splitting up the preview and review videos into multiple videos. Um, and, and part of that is because when it's a day with 14 or 15 hockey games, that's a long video. And when, when I've got, you know, three kids and, and, and four cats and all this fun stuff, it can be hard to get the house to be quiet for that long. So part of me was like, it would be nice if I could do just the one, cause I do one take, right? I don't, I don't do editing other than pausing and unpausing, which looks like kind of like a jump cut, but it's not the same. <coughs> so... And apologies for my coughing. I've been, you know, it's smoke outside. It's what it is. Uh, and then ever since I played road hockey two days ago, I've been coughing. But um, it, sometimes I end up having, you know, to stop and restart. I had a video this morning, the Zetterberg video. I restarted that four times. It was four times. And I'm like, holy crap, I just want to die. And part of me wanted to just take the Red Wings jersey off and talk about something else. Because the funny part is, I did a video two weeks ago on Zetterberg when the last update was given on Hendrik Zetterberg's condition. I did a whole update on the video, uh, update video, finished recording it, and then I went, mm, I'm not uploading that. Nope. Because it, I didn't feel like it had added anything to the conversation. So, I, again, it's a video I could have posted. I could have got a ton of hits. But I didn't feel like there was any new information. Today it felt like 
with what I read that Blashell had said that clearly it, they are leaning towards him not playing. So this was definitely an update on what had been said before, which is, yes, we're towards the end of the summer, we're getting towards training camp, and Zetterberg is not feeling any better. That, to me, is an update. So that, to me, works as an update. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of looking forward to breaking up the preview videos. No, I'm not breaking up the preview videos. If you said, well, you know, leave them all one video, and you're hearing me now and going, oh, he's maybe, for you, you should break it up. Nope. Nope, I'll do my preview videos. The good news is that for people who watched my preview and review videos last year, there were days where I would work and I'd have to change out the times that I did the preview or the review videos. I don't have to do that this year because I don't have a job outside the house, which is, you know, uh, part of the, the stress of this time of year when there really isn't hockey stuff to talk about. There really isn't anything to add. Uh, you know, I, I, I reload the NHL app. I've got all these hockey pages open and nothing changes from day to day and I'm like wow I gotta I gotta find historical stuff I gotta talk about Hall of Famers and the nice thing about that too so there are people who say oh you know you produce too many videos maybe but I have to try to produce enough videos that I can buy clothes and bread and food and pay bills which includes rent and cable and hydro and cell phone bills and like I, you know it's expensive and if I want to make this so this is my my prime and only source of income I have to keep doing videos during the summer at the rate that I do them during the season and and the nice thing about it is that even though it may drive certain people crazy and I know it does and I, I apologize um, that's why I've never told anybody to hit the bell the notifications bell I don't hit the notifications bell for any channel that I subscribe to for that exact reason. That I'm like, no, I don't need to know when they upload. I just need to make sure that when I go on YouTube that they're in my subscription feed and that I can see their video. As long as I can see it and, and everything's good, then it's fine. I've never had the issue that other people have had with YouTube where it won't show up in your subscription feed. It's never happened for me that way. Where I go to a guy's channel and go, wow, this video didn't show up my subscription feed. So I, I don't know what that's about. YouTube admits that it's an issue, and that's it. They go, yeah, that happens. And silence. But, uh, yeah, um, with the videos I do during the summer, these are videos I can't do during the regular season. So I'm trying to get as many of these cranked out as possible. Because during the season, people will say things like, he should do a video on Brian Trotche. And it's like, I don't have time for that. You should do a video on, you should do, because during the season I do my preview, my review. I talk about any news, so suspensions, trades, uh, any anything going down like that. And then, you know, I'm watching an average of six hours of hockey a day. So the amount of time I have to then throw together all of these fun little historical videos and videos about, you know, uh, superstars, the time just isn't really there. Now, I'm doing videos on Hall of Famers. I'm, I'm going to pick and choose which Hall of Famers I do, when, and, and, and how. It, it, there's a randomness to it. Uh, and I'm doing the Goalie Graveyard series, which, sadly, the Canucks are winning. I did the math this morning, and out of the ten that I've done so far, the Canucks are winning. Uh, which means the Canucks will probably win, because I think I've covered the teams that have gone through goalies the most often. And the way that I figured it out was by taking the total number of goalies who've played 20 or more games for each team, Divide it by the number of seasons played, and then, ta-da, you've got your number. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not good. 
it's it's a bad number for the Canucks. <clears throat> it uh, it turns out that uh, yeah, uh, the Canucks have had uh, a lot of a lot of goalies. Um, so have the Leafs though. The Leafs have gone through a ton as well. Although since 2000, the Canucks are leading the way as well. So yes, the Vancouver Canucks are currently the goalie graveyard. Blah, um, and I I don't like it. But it's it's so far it's true, and it's using a formula that I made up so that you can't just pick and you know pick a bunch of guys who played three games one year and go, oh hey look they had eight goalies that year. It's a goalie graveyard. That's not a goalie graveyard. That's not what it is. But thanks for playing. All right. Anyways, uh, there's my opinion on some things. You guys can let me know what you think. And uh, I am really looking forward to getting to preseason and some fun stuff and rookies and seeing how. Both the Canucks play without the Sedins, and it looks like how Detroit's going to play without Zetterberg a couple years after Datsuk made his exit. So, uh, again, thank you guys so much for listening, for being out there, and for paying attention to all of my ramblings, all of the fun stuff. And I promise that uh, these these uh, these these podcasts eventually will have a regular schedule. <laughs> I'm laughing as I say it, because I always intend to have a regular schedule, and then it just... It doesn't happen. So for anybody waiting for me to end up on a, a Steve Dangle podcast, I'm totally open to it. That would be totally fun. But, uh, yeah, that's that's going to involve actually getting my podcast on a regular schedule. I have to get that done first uh, before we start planning. It's sort of like when people say, well, you should, you should get all these guests. Absolutely agree. I have to get myself on a regular schedule first. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and again, when I'm doing when I'm doing the podcasts from a monetary point of view, I don't make any money on the podcasts. I make very little on a lot of my videos right now because you know I'm doing these for the love of hockey and love of the game, um, not so much for for financial gain. If if I'm if this whole being the hockey guy thing is being done to make me rich, I'm doing a real crap job of it. Um, when we went out to White Spot the other night, I ordered the cheapest meal I could. And stuck with that, and I was like, I want this, I want this, I want this, but I'm just going to get the cheapest that I can, because i got to watch my money. So, yeah, that's that's where things are at. And I know there's a lot of other channels trying to, you know, get up there with this whole idea. And I I think sometimes that the YouTuber life is, is glamorized, and there are very, very few YouTubers that are comfortably well off. Very, very few. I'm still living in a cramped townhouse of five people and three bedrooms. So it's, it is, it is not a glamorous life at all. I, man, if it's ever glamorous, I'll admit it. I'll admit it on here and I'll admit it on the channel. But it's not. There, there's, there's no glamour to this. I've, I haven't had any hockey players reach out to me uh, in the NHL. Um, I've, I've got one. I know of one Western Hockey League player that follows me on Twitter who's Ty Ronning, and I assume Ty's following me because I did the video on his dad where I talked about how his dad was my hero. So uh, I'm very appreciative of Ty Ronning uh, following me on Twitter. I haven't done a video on Ty Ronning. I haven't done any of that because, again, you know, I see little things here and there along the way, and I'm like, you know what, don't make a big deal about it. Uh, Early on in my channel, uh, before it got to where it is now, I was all happy because Zach Boychuk followed me back. And then right away, uh, the comments on that video were, yeah, Zach Boychuk follows everybody. That's not really a big deal. You need to settle down. And ever since then, I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to mention the whole social media thing because 
there's there's no point mentioning the social media thing. Uh, the, the closest I've been to brushes with hockey players other than, you know, Justin Hall giving me a, a, a shout-out when somebody did a video of, hey, do you know who the hockey guy is? Yeah, Shannon, I know who he is. Yeah, hi. Which is kind of like sort of a, yeah, sure, I know who he is, I guess. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, that's as close to a brush with greatness as I get other than every now and then I have talked to uh, relatives of hockey players, usually former hockey players, and those conversations have stayed on the down low because I and people are like, did Shannon just say the down low? Absolutely. Uh, by by which I mean confidential. There are things I hear, and I just I keep it all confidential because, again, I, I I'm very appreciative of of the the platform I have of what I've been given. And I don't want to blow that by going on the channel and doing a video where I go, hey, uh, so-and-so's brother just contacted me. You're not going to believe the stuff he told me. This is awesome. Listen to this gossip, guys. So I get a ton of hits, make a few bucks, and lose all credibility. So, you know, again, it's it's one of those things you got to weigh out. you got to weigh out, do I, do I want to take this risk? And for me, the answer is always no. Does that mean I'm holding myself back on some level? Probably. Judging by my channel's numbers recently, everybody's out enjoying the sun, or they've all burned to death in the heat wave that has enveloped most of the world. Uh, Northern Hemisphere only, if you're in Australia listening to this, or Southern Hemisphere, you know, you're in your winter. But And I don't expect you guys to be burning up in the heat. But yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm doing a crap job right now on, on being... Uh, famous and <laughs> rich and whatever other narrative people want to throw out there because uh, yeah, it's just not there I we like right like for instance right now if somebody said hey uh, do you want to come to a game in Vegas in September for a preseason game my answer would be thanks for the offer I can't afford to fly we I can't afford to go can't afford to go to Vegas right now there's no chance uh, we did the Vegas trip in July because we knew that was probably as good as it was going to get for a while and we were right so all right, uh, there you go. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and paying attention and for making it through half an hour. My God, I need to learn to shut up. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to my rambling, and uh, let me know what you guys are looking forward to for this season because I think 2018-19 uh, season is going to be fun. It's going to be special. And yes, I do hope the channel reaches 100,000 subscribers at some point. Do I anticipate it? No. Uh, and honestly, uh, I think that there's there is an opening in 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 the YouTube world. Uh, I think there are European leagues that don't get covered enough on YouTube. I think there are a lot of channels right now covering the NHL and hockey in North America. I think if somebody really wanted to to carve out a niche for themselves and really make it work, I think if you covered the Swedish league, the Finnish league, the Czech league, Sw- Slovakian league. Russian League, all those leagues, I think, honestly, I think there's an, there's an audience out there that wants that. I get requests for it. I just, I don't have the time. Uh, my There's a certain amount of time I have, and I don't have the time for that. All right, but uh, there you go. There's my, my pearl for the day. Uh, take it or leave it. And for now, I will take my leave of you. Again, I don't have music to play for the outro because I don't have my theme music yet, but I'm very excited because the band is working on it, and that's pretty cool. I'll talk to you guys again soon.